You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Thanks for joining us for Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. Apologies for the voice. Allergies are starting to kick in in this time of year, but nevertheless, we trudge on. Uh, my next guest is a legacy cannabis entrepreneur serving California, Michigan's recre- or adult use cannabis markets. I always put recreational in here, but it's adult use, I'd like to say. He is here to tell us about a recently launched cannabis brand from last year that they say gives customers, quote, a sweet escape in the form of aptly named vapes, edibles, flour, pre-rolls, and concentrates. I'm joined with the co-owner of the San Diego-based brand, cannabis brand Gelato. I'm here with George Sadler. George, thanks for being on. Hey, thank you. I appreciate it. Really glad to have you on. If you really wanted to just know, back in October 2020, Latham Woodward, our host of Days and Infuse, actually got the chance to not only get featured feature George on his program, but also was featured on the PV Unfiltered podcast. Uh, go and catch that. But you know, the idea is uh, actually, I think we put both interviews up on Days and Infuse. If you want to go and check that out, I would highly recommend that while you listen here. So let's go and start off, George, with Gelato. Now, Stupid Dope recently profiled the brand, and they said this, quote, Gelato Canaco uh, is not even a year old and has already landed its product line of vapes, edibles, concentrate, pre and flour, and over 400, over 400 cannabis dispensaries throughout California, Michigan, with the bulk of the presence in California, the Golden State. They have yet to take a single investment. I want to repeat it again. They have yet to take a single investment dollar and hit their first, first million dollar month in October at their eponymous Lake El- Elsinore store. No investment. I want to just take, first of all, we're going to talk about the investment part in just a minute, but first talk to me about the instant impact your team has made with Gelato in just one year. Obviously, you know, your background, what you've already done in companies, building them up and creating real success, the entrepreneurship, it just keeps hitting gold. Wow. And when I, when I, when I hear it like that, it sounds really good. <laughs> I don't hear it like that too often. No, um, no, I pre- I appreciate it. And I think, um, you know, there's just a, I think you kind of get this track record um, and, and with the team and now, you know, with a really good solid base knowledge and relationships, I'm not saying it makes things easier, but I think people trust you a lot more, um, you know, going through this process. We don't really, understand it to a T, but I think 
the big thing that we found with with uh, with this go around with gelato is that we have um, we've found a way to service uh, not only the customer but the stores in a way that uh, we weren't even doing previously and filling the needs of stores, especially at this time, because it's a, it's a, it's a rough time in the market and they need people that are going to support not just your own brand, but the store themselves. And, and um, so we've really just kind of honed in on, on making sure that the stores are getting the attention that they need from a brand. And then in saying that, we've really taken the branding to a different level, um, which I think is, it's just being well-received and yeah, we, you know, we, um, we're not even a year into this and, and we're in over 400 stores and, um, we're, we are now, uh, we're in Michigan again as well. Yeah. Getting, getting ready to, to do some stuff in a couple other States, but our main focus is California. And I, I think, um, the, the reception that we've had thus far and the, the ability to bring um, this many SKUs to the market and put them in this many stores in such a short period of time kind of explains that, um, that we're doing something. It's still a pretty young industry, nevertheless. Yes. And you've been well over a decade in cannabis. The idea is that continuing to go and build businesses and just having the, that continued ambition and still finding creative ways to move forward and build other infrastructures that are also going to serve the public and really just keeps you on your toes. What is it about, you know, the constant move as an entrepreneur in cannabis to continue to go ahead and grow companies out, but then start finding, okay, we had this settled to a certain point. It's going along on its own. I need something else to do. Well, I think that's a, that's kind of a dangerous play that, that some people have. And my yeah. son and I, my son and I have that. Um, and I think the big thing for us is as, you know, as our team backs us and as we, you know, come into these ideas, we are sometimes um, unusually calculated on, on how we move on these. And, you know, we, we do have the other brands within the gelato brand, but we're, I think the, the thing for us is we've we've come to this place where we want to normalize cannabis. And, you know, it, it's a tough place when you're looking at alcohol and, and these other things that that are normalized. And why why are we not getting this through with cannabis? And everybody still, you know, you have these conversations. It's like, oh, what do you do? And, and, and you hear those people go, oh, yeah, you know, I'm in cannabis or, you know, I still marijuana. And it's like, you know, we just don't, we don't do that. And I don't know why people still feel that, you know, marijuana is a dirty word and it's, you know, and so our kind of our flagship now, our motto is, is, is normalizing. And so that's why we have decided to take the brand into kind of a cross venturing mainstream. And we have, um, you know, we have, we just launched a, an exotic car rental company, Gelato Exotics. Mm -hmm. And um, we just for the, and this is kind of the first on this that nobody's, we haven't said anything outside of you know, our company, but we do have a tequila and a vodka that's, that's uh, getting ready to be launched, which um, is pretty amazing. Um, and, and then just the same thing, you know, with our edibles and, and whatnot, we're, we're going to be taking those mainstream and 
we've partnered up with some, which, you know, we will have, we will announce here in the next few weeks. We just, we're just uh, on the second side of the contract right now with some pretty big uh, mainstream influencers, if you want to call it that, that are going to impact the the normalization of, of this brand and allow people to experience gelato on, you know, on a bunch of different levels. We're super excited. And I, and I can tell you, my son and I are, we are like that where not that we get comfortable, but I guess more so like you just said, what can we do now? And after we, um, after we closed out the platinum vape deal, mm-hmm. um, you know, we didn't anticipate coming back into this in this way. And, right. um, and it, and it happened and it's amazing. But I think our drive is once again, we're super excited about seeing this brand coexist in what everybody would call the normal world. I want to bring up uh, the uh, saying that too. I want to unpack a couple of things you said there, George. Partly is the fact of all these other brands you have now, plus the fact that you're taking the branding and crossing over into other mainstream uh, products when it comes to the kilos, when it comes to the exotic cars. The idea is just taking that branding, that concept, the, the whole scheme, the work you've done to put into it. I like, I mean, really, when you look at the difference between the platinum vape line and the branding and packaging of that to gelato. It is very different. It's diverse, and it's it's real. Uh, it's, it's a testament to go and say that that you're not stuck to any any particular uh, way. That you really do keep yourself open to trend setting in this industry. How branding, packaging, and the marketing of your product should stand out. That's important. So, like one of the things is, I don't see that to normalize cannabis, as you said. I think it is crossing over. It's really where it becomes integrated with everywhere else. It's not just staying where, well, cannabis is within its own lane. There's a certain kind of crowd, a certain kind of lifestyle, a certain kind of society. No, it's everybody. And that's the whole thing. I've been thinking for the last few years, we've talked about, especially when it comes to edibles, the edibles market making its way up when it comes to vapes and just showing, hey, everybody's having it, enjoying it. But the thing is now with vapes, let it be cannabis, not the, the other pens have been out there before that, you know, we're all getting cracked down. Is the idea that you have, you know, we want it to go and see cannabis products on the store shelves just like everything else is. So if it is, you know, anything that's <clears throat> a beverage base, seeing it on the same store shelves as either a soft drink or a hard drink, liquor store, whatever it is, there should be spaces on the shelf for that. And that's, I would think, the way, you know, it's where the market, you see everything out there. And it's not just the special you go to for cannabis. It's everywhere else you can find it. Right. Yeah, no, you're. You're right. And, and to hear you say that, especially because of your platform and, and, and what you uh, experience and see on a broader scale throughout the industry, a lot of us are just heads down, you know, kind of mowing through whatever we can. And it's always nice to hear that outside perspective of, of how things are looking. And we try to capture that as much as we can, you know, from that 40,000 feet view and, and see where, where everybody's cards are lying. And, I think maybe, you know, we, we, we really wanted this brand to be a fun kind of outgoing, um, multiple, multiple use and, um, and something that people aren't 
worried about um, showing. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think, you know, back in the day with Platinum, we we kind of did that when we rebranded. And that was in, man, that was in 20, 2019, 18, yeah. I think. And, um, you know, everything at that time was dark and we all had black packaging with gold. And it was just, you walk into a dispensary and even with the lights on, it was dark because there wasn't a package on the shelf that was even white. Right. You know, everybody had that. And, you know, that was what it was. And we were all part of that. And when we rebranded, we that's when we came out with the, and we took that chance. We came out with the pink and the the blue and, you know, and, and those colors. And even my son, because, you know, I was the major part of, of, you know, going that direction. And we always just kind of consult with each other and like, like, okay, you know, let, let's go. And we're thinking, man, this is cannabis. Are people going to receive this? And, you know, it was very well received. And, and, um, and then shortly thereafter, um, which was on one of my podcasts was, was like looking at dispensaries now at that time, and how the shelves have changed and the packaging had changed. And, yeah. you know, I feel, I feel like, I mean, I, I don't take credit, but I feel like we were a big part of, of bringing kind of that brighter side to it. And so going forward, we really paid attention to the store level and the customers and what they wanted and what people wanted to see and be, a, and, and, and mostly be a part of. And so when we concepted gelato, which was amazing that we got the trademark on that, but the fact was, is that we, we really went out and, and, and talked with people to understand what it was that people wanted in cannabis and, and to be able to do, and some, kind of some weird, weird questions, but nonetheless, people just wanted to have something that was universal yeah. uh, across the board. Nothing that marketed to females in, you know, directly or to males directly, something that, that allowed people to, you know, to, to be able to carry the same products, whether you're male, male or female, no matter what it was. And, um, and then also feel like they were part of something. And that was the concept where we came in with, you know, having the scratch and sniffs on the box and, and then, you know, putting, putting um, the pins and, and the collectibles, which have just absolutely soared. I mean, it's absolutely insane, but these collectible pins have just gone nuts I mean, the other day somebody, you know, piped in and, and uh, I don't remember who it was, but they, on eBay, they're selling these pins that we do the collector pins. And some of these people are getting, you know, for a little pin, they're getting 80 to a hundred dollars. And they're, I mean, they're collecting these things and, and selling them on eBay. And so we, we get a lot of feedback. And that was one of, one of the things that we really did with our team was to make sure we were paying attention to the feedback that customers were giving really detailed and, and accepting and making changes and understanding what it was that, that people wanted to be able to feel like they're being a part of, of this brand. And it's just, uh, it's just taken off. There's one thing to be said about disrupting the market. And I think that's more than anything, what you're, what you and other companies that have gone in, changing the color scheme saying you know what there's other spectrums of the rainbow we can use not just green and black folks we can use something else that's what i think really comes across and when there are companies that are forward thinking trend setting and disrupting the market people have to pay attention that's what has to happen uh, george we're going to go to commercial break but when we come back i want to go ahead and get more into the philosophy of what you do 
the the business mind and various areas when it comes to the investment side, when it comes to what you did in order to roll out Gelato and, and the diversification of the products that you put out there. A whole lot more. I'm here again with George Sadler. And if you want to go take a look at the website as we go to break, website is gelatocanna.com. Gelato, like the, you know, I love gelato. It's great stuff, right? Uh, C-A-N-N-A.com. Check that out when we go to break. We'll be right back. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to Blunt Business. I'm here with George Sadler, co-owner of Gelata Canico and the host of PB Unfiltered, so Gelato Cannabis. Now, I want to go ahead and jump into, before the break, I talked about at the beginning of talking about when you brought in Gelato Canico, that you have yet to take a single investment dollar while in the meantime, you hit your first million dollar month in October of last year. So I want to go ahead and take really quickly about how you and your son, Cody, you mentioned here, uh, strongly advise against working with institutional investors. And in that same story from stupidnote.com, they actually mentioned that in your view, cannabis companies are racing to become MSOs and underestimating the tremendous logistics it takes to grow at a national scale. I agree with this 100%. I want to say it off the bat. Because of this, they advise cannabis companies to grow where they're planted, creating high demand in a single market, leads to success in the long run, rather than race to get into multiple markets and crumbling under the pressure. And we've been seeing this trend going on for the last few years. Everybody thinks legalization was get ready to go ahead and get greenlit federally, coast to coast. So all these MSOs, we're going to go and plant our flags all over the country, wherever we can. And get set up. And now that plan's going to get hurt because we're going to get delayed three to five years. That's my personal thought. I said that uh, at the end of 2022. I still believe it. And safe banking, hey, you know, if we were, we're not doing other things like worrying about, you know, uh, train derailments or, you know, wars overseas <laughs> and things like that, maybe they will get some time to go and work on the safe banking. Act. Because, you know, they did try. I give them credit. They did try to wedge it into the National Defense Authorization Act. They try to wedge it into some other, you know, in the omnibus bill. I, I give you credit. Thank you, Congress, for trying. Thank <laughs> you. But it's not happened yet. So with this, MSOs that are publicly traded, their quarterly earnings are shrinking the same way everywhere else is going on. And no safe banking act yet to even look at. Shouldn't MSOs, George, start to heed your advice? Wow. So, yes, I, I and I, I wasn't laughing at the 
the fact of the train derailment, but uh, more so the fact that the the Safe Banking Act is always derailed. <laughs> right. Um, it is. You no, know, and, and it could be. And it's not, you know, this month it's a train and it's, you know, and it's the unfortunate situations over yeah. overseas and whatnot, but it just shows you that there's, you know, we always hope and, and that there's really no truth uh, to the act being, you know, finished anytime soon. I believe you're, I believe you're absolutely correct. I'm on the same boat with you when you say three to five years yeah. for federal legalization. And, you know, we may be, we may be looking at, at longer, and that's where we all you know, have to kind of bear down and understand that, you know, it's just part of the part of this process. But the safe banking thing, yes, that 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 continues to be a, a very big conversation that seems to go nowhere. Yeah. Um, and, you know, fortunately, we've been able to kind of everybody's been able to do workarounds and and it's it's definitely gotten gotten a lot better. So we're not losing sleep over it as we were you know, three years ago. But nonetheless, going into the MSOs and whatnot, I think you know, we, everybody wants to be prepared. And this is a thing when, when it does, you know, federally become accepted and, and understand that just because that happens, it's not an immediate, you know, reaction point to what you've done over the last, you know, six, eight years or however you want to look at it. And, 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 and my personal view, and this isn't, you know, this is just, you know, my, my time in the jacuzzi of cannabis and, and, and understanding how important it is when you deliver these goods, if you want to call it that, you know, in a company that is um, kind of debt free and, and these, these big companies that are coming in and, and they're, and, you know, kind of to backtrack, there's no rush in this, you know, there cannabis is, is, is so infant right now, as much as people don't think so. And I hear it all the time. Should have gotten into cannabis. What do you mean? Should have. I mean, we're, we're, we're still just getting started and I encourage people to take that jump. And, and if they have the motivation, if you, if your motivation is money, then, you know, go put it somewhere else because you, you need to be work motivated to get into this industry. But what's happening is, is, is there's such a rush to get to so many different States. And it, it, it's like, like you said, it, and, and that's exactly what it is. It's planting flags everywhere. Oh yeah. But but understand that that, you know, that takes so much money to do correctly. And these companies are getting I mean, unimaginable amounts of money used and invested and, and so little is coming from it. And you can't, you know, my son and I, and, and my family, you know, as we have gone through this, um, you can't just plant a flag in a state. And then all of a sudden it's like, here I am. Yeah, you have to you have to recreate what you're doing in your current state or current states if you're if you're doing it successfully, and it's expensive as hell. and And I understand that, but there's the problem is is there's such a rush on this that they're leaving the scraps everywhere else. And you know we didn't do that going through Michigan um, and and California as we did previously. We kept the flow very solid and you know understand my son moved to michigan and um and he was the base on you know taking michigan to a 75 80 million dollar a year company or that part of our company um it would have never happened any other way um you you have to have somebody that's boots on the ground and and in that that control 
I hate to say that word, but you know, to, to be able to control the whole aspect of what you're doing. And that's the same position that we are in today. Um, but once again, the problem that I see across the board is these people getting into the industry with, you know, what they feel is not enough money. So they immediately are out getting as much as they can from people, uh, you know, or investments yeah. and, and then it just goes, I don't, I don't understand that process, but when a company, you know, is infused with, you know, 40, 50, $75 million, what do they do with that money? Um, oh, you know what they do. I mean, they're taking, first of all, <laughs> they're taking the same formula that they had in another state without interstate commerce, without any way to go ahead and export or just, you know, move product along. They have to go and just recreate the same model in another state. Hopefully they're the same, you know, grows that they have will grow in the same greenhouse and the dispensaries will operate the same way. But yet, oh, we have to put them under different names. We can't even, we can't even have branded names for every state. Like, okay, so we have this name here, but it has to be this name here. It's like, I don't understand why, but there's that part. And I mean, it is kind of good. The fact that, you know, the craft cannabis uh, companies, there's an opening, fortunately, because of all these mistakes that MSOs are leaving behind. So they're hurting themselves in the meantime as well. Well, I mean, absolutely. And it, it takes them so long to make an upper hand decision that, you know, by the time they get into a market and they start building a team, because you have to build a team and the money that these guys are taking to get into these markets is unimaginable. And they, and it, and it's, I hate to say it, but it's failing. And you can look at what's happening right now. I mean, some of these big companies, you know, we just had one that pulled out of three major um, states and California, I think it's California, Oregon, and Colorado. Um, how do you take that off of your platform? Uh, you know, and, and it's, like, Oh, we're going to go over here where it's, you know, better. But I mean, why would you leave probably, I mean, obviously two of the major markets in the industry and as an investor into those companies or people that have money into those companies, I'd be really questioning like who made that decision and why. Um, and, and is it because you're failing and why are you failing in, in those States, which you should be just going crazy. So, I mean, but back to the, the money side of it, I, yeah. you know, we have never taken a dime. We've, and I've said this and some people just can't imagine we've never taken a dime we've lived within our means and business within our means. And that, that says a lot on how to really run these things. And we've watched people and, you know, back in the day, you know, we've been 14 years in this and, and we started with literally with nothing, a growth, you know, six plants in a garage and grew it to, you know, hundred plus million dollar company. And we would be back in the day and we'd be going to, you know, MJ BizCon and, you know, and, and, spending every penny that we had yeah. to market and you know and then you've seen these people flying in on private jets and and i'm just like man i want to be like that like i want to have that same thing you know and how are these guys doing it and then you find out that they're just they're burning through money like you can't even imagine and they owe everybody money and there's just you know and but we have never ever taken a dime We've never taken back in the day that, you know, they call them fronts and people, when we did have our stores and at that time, and, and people would come in with, you know, 10 pounds of, of weed and they'd want to front it to us. And, you know, we just, we pay everything out. 
We don't owe any money. We don't owe money on anything that we own, our buildings, our vehicles, uh, you know, mm-hmm. all of our equipment, um, everything. And so, and we did that not because we were rich. We did it because we were determined to sleep well at night, knowing that we didn't owe people money. And it's, it's very easily done. It's in anything. And the problem is, is that everybody's in such a rush to get to the, oh, yeah. guess, the end. I, I don't know that they're, they're missing out on the fun part of this. And here we are doing it again in the same exact fashion. Right. And, and, um, you know, I could be in 10 States right now, but what is it going to do? It's going to make the brand, um, just look really bad because we can't, you can't do that in that way. We're, it, it, you know, it'd be different. Honestly, it'd be different if we had interstate, um, you know, uh, to be able to, to, um, ship across state lines. I mean, if, Gov- if governor Newsom's words could hold water and it were just not symbolic, if he actually could implement it would be nice. Oh, it'd be that, that I would take that over federal legalization yes. in a second, because imagine, yeah. you know, we, we, you build a facility in California and don't get me wrong. It's, you know, usually about three times the cost anywhere else, but you're looking at, to go to the pro- production level that we're talking about, you're looking at three to $5 million to start a facility. And then you have to do that in every state that you're in. You can't, if we could manufacture in California and ship to the other states, it would be a whole different ball game. Think you're about t- it. You got Washington, Oregon, California, Nevada, Arizona, all connected together. Yeah. It's a big market right there. And, and, you know, to be in those markets, you have to have manufacturing in each and every state. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, a game changer, but nonetheless, I can tell you, I mean, and even with our go around, how we've always had fun in cannabis with whatever it is that we're doing. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't push the rush on it. And I, I can tell you if, if I felt like there was like, we were going to be missing something then I guess maybe we would have some sort of a urgency on it, but there isn't. It's it, people that get involved in this industry. They need to slow down as much as you don't yes. want to say that slow down. And they say, you know, stop and smell the roses. Well, stop and smell your weed. You know, it's, it, you have to enjoy this process. And we have always enjoyed this process and we've never been in a rush, even as much as, as everybody around us is doing it. At one point we kind of thought, wow, are we, are we missing something? And then we realized, you know, and I, and I told my son, I said, just watch in the next two to three years, you'll see what you're missing. Mm-hmm. And, and that was it. We were watching people driving, you know, all brand new Ferraris and, you know, mansions and all this stuff, you know, and squandering. Yes. Investments. Yes. Yeah. And I was like, those guys, you know, and we know a lot of people in the industry. And I said, those guys were smaller than us. Right. How is that guy flying in on a private jet and we're driving, you know, it's, it's just like, well, George, I prefer your business. Honestly, I I prefer your approach anyway, because I'll tell you, do I want to go ahead and sleep well at night? Not having to worry about shareholders worrying about the stress over the stock price and what the ticker is going to do and what world events are going to go and cover what's going to happen to what, what my market value is going to be. Do I need to have some kind of board of directors 
outside of the mix that are going to try to tell me how to run my business and what I've been doing well. And then on top of that, you know, you, you, you know, okay, the shareholders, they might feel good about the fact that when sales were good during COVID because businesses were deemed essential, but you know what? Inflation, we're getting another, uh, another challenge and now sales are flat. Oh, we got to go ahead and start bringing the prices down. So people want to go and bail out. And yeah. I'm like, it's so fortunate, but there's this whole issue of, I don't want to deal with that kind of that mess. It's like me working for a corporate company. I don't want to do it. I know what kind of running for that. And the money is just going to be used because it needs to be used. It's right. not even a matter if anybody's going to go into fact check or going to be an accountant and go forensically and saying, what are you using this money for? If we're going to put this money in, <clears throat> you might tell me what you're going to put it in for, but the truth is you don't, you have, like you said, somebody's driving a Ferrari or, you know, a, a Maybach or whatever. Like, okay, come on now. Let's, let's get out or, you know, Bugatti or something. <laughs> now I got to ask you this question, but I also want to preface this real quick on um, February 19th, a couple of days before I recorded this show with you, <clears throat> I got to put this point on the program. So East New York, a new CBS show came out their 12th episode of the year. It was on cannabis and these people uh, up in smoke is a title. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Imagine this fucking mainstream, like the way I know. And I'll I, listen. I, I mean, the writers, they took some, it was interesting how they put it together. <clears throat> so they were focusing on a dispensary called Royal Kush in Brooklyn. that got robbed in gunpoint. There was an issue where the owner of the establishment was someone that was convicted and served like five years for possession and distribution. So, you know, a legacy operator, all that going on. And they had the Office of Cannabis Management involved and tried to take care of this because they were trying to hold the case, this whole investigation. You had a couple of uh, officers go into the dispensary, undercover, all this kind of, it was kind of funny, but like, you know, gave it a little bit more of a, a feel to it. But you know what? It's interesting that you actually focus on New York anyway, because it is pretty current. That implementation of the adult use cannabis now is in and We've already on this show talked extensively about what New York's doing right now to implement social equity. Thank you. You're moving ahead. You know, Governor Hochul signed, or uh, Governor Cuomo signed it. Governor Hochul's implementing it. Okay. Being a Californian, being for as long as you have, and seeing what they're doing in New York, because we've always said, you know, if you want to see if the legalization is going to happen federally, you know, Colorado made the case for it working in a market. California amplified it because of the size and magnitude of a, of a state as California. New York is the other set. It's like a different dynamic. If it does well in New York, then, you know, the Senator Schumer's of the world will continue to go and just keep pushing across and saying, we need to pass this. Not just as a win, but like, this is good for the industry. It's good for business. When you look at what's happening in New York right now, based on what California is going through, because, you know, you have the issues where, there's a lot of nickel and diming and you're still opening up new businesses. You're opening up the new business of gelato. Talk to me about what you look at right now, how California versus New York is right now, the dynamic of, if you even had the thought, is it a wise decision to go ahead and start up shop in New York based on what you're doing in California, starting up shop last year with gelato? Absolutely. A absolutely. And this is, this falls back to where I, I encourage anybody that has, you know, any drive into the cannabis, you know, now is the time. Absolutely. And, and don't pay attention to what's happening, you know, so much as far as the industry in a whole, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a cleansing, you know, it's, we're getting that, we're getting that colon cleanse 
you know, in the industry, which are flush as, as is needed, um, you know, typically three to five years, uh, every three to five years. Um, and, and that's what's happening. And, and there's just, there's so much new stuff coming into this and going into the New York side of it, you know, and the same thing, if, if we talk about Florida, you know, put that in for the kind of the, the trifecta and in, in a weird way, Michigan covers the top half of, of the States. And, um, you know, you can't, if you say East coast, West coast, what are the two places, two States that come to mind? Yeah. New York, California. Yeah. It's just, it's natural. And you can't, our, our nation doesn't, doesn't work without those two driving everything that happens within the United States. And just like you said, if we get New York on pace, things will happen a lot quicker. And it's kind of like the right shoe, left shoe. And that's, you know, so, you know, New York, absolutely. We could all be there, you know, and, and it, as bad as some people make it sound, um, it's it's also the influence that comes from California. I mean, we we kind of mix back and forth you know you take the hollywood and then you got the you know new york and manhattan and and everything kind of coagulates and we end up with you know all these amazing things that happen and just like you said yes new york we won't get anywhere without <laughs> new york being on board and without new york pushing the ball it's just not going to happen um and so but they've been very reluctant for such a long period of time and now, you know, New York is where California was six years ago. And it's going through that phase. Yeah. And, and, and you're going to have, I mean, do you remember how it was here? Anytime somebody got robbed or anytime something happened, oh man, it was every fucking news station had it on there. And it was the, any chance that they got to publicize the negative side of things. Not when a Domino's pizza guy gets robbed or when a 7-Eleven guy gets oh, shot yeah. and killed. It was always when cannabis was at some point, even though there was, you know, so many things going on. And now, when's the last time you've seen anything in California negative on cannabis? I mean, I could tell you I was on the news. My store was on the news. But, you know, and, and, and they would stand out front. Here we are at a, you know... Uh, Southern California pot shop and look at what's happening here. You know, now it's like, here we are, we're at, you know, such and such dispensary and look at what's going on here. And, you know, these news reporters that, that I used to laugh at are now coming into the stores and, you know, and publicizing. I love, I love that. And now New York is, is in that point where it's the same thing, you know, up in smoke. It's like all these stupid analogies that they're using to try to, get people to understand that cannabis is not, you know, it's not acceptable. And, and, um, and unfortunately everybody has to go through that. It, yeah. it, it's, it's happened in every direction. And, um, you know, we, we should all be embracing that as much as we can. And if we have the means or in some way to, you know, to be a part of it, to help, then that's as much as I hate the, I don't hate it, but you know, <laughs> Being, being the, you know, somebody that's been in the, in the industry for 14 years. I mean, there's people, you know, twice that time, but nonetheless, I mean, it, it, we're always open for, for people to understand how to make things a little bit easier. 
I want to go to another commercial break. And I'll tell you, George, you know, I actually have a few other questions I was going to have planned for you, but you know what? I love this conversation where it's gone. The direction has been great. I better than I even thought it would have been. So I'm glad to have you on to talk Thank about you. this. And I want to go a little more farther into the whole idea of where California is in the market. It's because I do have a question to ask about that. That is very poignant that New York has to deal with. That's very prominent, but California still has the same issue. The illicit market. I'm going to bring it up to you <laughs> after a short break. I'm here with the co-owner Gelato Canico, George Sadler here on Blunt Business back after a short break. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Back with final questions with George Sadler, the co-owner of the new cannabis company called Gelato. And George, I know a couple of things I wanted to unpack from before the break. You mentioned Florida, and I want to make a mention to the audience that we're waiting for Florida to see where it goes in November 24. And by the way, I'm in South Florida. So it's very important to see where in 2016, we did get medical 2020 could not get the ballot done because a lot of, you know, <laughs> there was a couple of competing petitions out there. It I don't want to say though. the other one, but the other one decided to cancel out the other and negate both stupid. But now we have smart and safe Florida almost by this point, over 300,000 valid signatures. They need almost 900,000. Uh, so far they already have a, and this is according to MJ biz daily. They've already triggered a Supreme Court review, state Supreme Court review of the initiative. So if everything works out, November 2024, it'll be on the ballot. Florida ballot initiatives need 60% or two-thirds to become law. So that means, or to the I-4 corridor, we need you guys to get together on this. You could have done, if it was just south of I-4, you know how it is. Tampa, or, Tampa Orlando, West Palm, Miami, Fort, Fort Myers would have passed it completely, 75%. So Come we're on. hoping for all that. We're crossing fingers and toes. It now, was it was so close. Oh yeah, no. And we have some people we bring on the show. Appreciate that that are making the effort. So I'm glad to see that there. And I got to get smart, and safe forward on the program. Now, back to New York. While you know, in California, you talked about all the stores like yours that you know the robberies will come on. And then let's just go and talk about it. Well, of course we know cash based businesses. Only so much you can do in terms of. You know where you can put your money. All those things were always being brought up. The other thing that is important, and New York has to deal with this too, which I don't think they really mentioned on that East New York episode. But in New York, I know we've talked to attorneys over there. We've talked to people that are running businesses over there. The Alyssa Market is rampant. They're putting buses out there. They're putting pop-up shops out there while they're trying to go and open up new dispensaries. And unfortunately, and this is according to uh, CNBC, that you're still <laughs> dealing with the same issue with. California having the illicit market. Leafly actually put out a report back in November last year. 55% of California's cannabis market is still run by illicit. Yeah. That's a big cut into what you can make into your bottom line, George. When you look at that and the same issues going on, tens of thousands in New York City alone being cracked down. And I know that California, you know, uh, the, the control board there, and we know law enforcement, they're trying to crack it down. They're trying to crack down grows that are growing in other parts of like Humboldt County or whatever. It's a lot. But when you look at it, I mean, it's people are still taking advantage of it. And then on top of that, what is it that California could be doing that, that New York should learn from California? If there's anything where what's the ultimate formula to kind of, I mean, I always said, first of all, in that Eastern New York episode, a legacy operator is running a shop. Same thing these apply with social equity. That should that what New York did where I dare with social equity, 
I've been saying over and over the last year, legacy operators need to be included. Like, you know, you make sure they might have their records, but look, if you're looking at the track record, if they're putting out quality product and they can control it and they can manage it and can cut out, put out quality product. Yep. Shouldn't they also be getting licensing to cut down the illicit market? Yep. Absolutely. And I'd love to say that there was something California was doing to, to offer to New York to some advice, but you know, this is something that we talk about a lot and, and it's, and it is frustrating um, because we don't, we, you know, we're, we can't be that, uh, that state that, that can show you in that way, because here we spend millions of dollars a year um, on these taxes and everything. Mm -hmm. And yet, you know, I think we're at around 600. I don't remember the exact number. My apologies. No, that's um, fine. I think it's six, 700 licensed uh, dispensaries in, in California. And the last, uh, about two months ago, the last number on we call it the 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 black market um was over 1600 so it's telling you a couple of things and one is is that it's alive and 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 doing its thing it's it's what i would say you know is is you know i hate to use the term but it's cancerous and what feeds what feeds that unfortunately is also the same players in the licensed market, if you go into these stores, which I've done myself, mm -hmm. if you go into these stores, you're going to find brands, licensed brands on the shelves of these black market dispensaries. And I'm not going to name names, right? But I, I, I can tell you it's, it's, um, it's disturbing to me and, and knowing some of these players, um, you know, I always just say it's a matter of time and, um, and until we get to the root of that, which is very easy, it, you know, especially because we spend all this money with these, with, you know, with the state and yet we have to compete against people that are in the black market, which, you know, is triple what they're doing in the licensed market. So of course, if they're not getting touched, why would, why wouldn't you do it? You know, if, if you're making, you know, if you're making, say a million dollars a month in the license market. And then on the other side of it, you're making three to $4 million a month. Why would you shut that down if nobody's even bothering you? And we've seen it in the past and I can say cushy punch, you know, they got caught. They got a $60, $60,000 fine and right back at it. It's, it, it's insane. And, you know, as much as it's an incentive and we've had, you know, those opportunities in front of us, we've always stayed true to the course and, you know, and, and then saying, okay, you know, watch what happens down the road. At some point, we're always just waiting for something to happen yeah. and maybe it will, I don't know, but nonetheless, we're not a great example for anybody to be honest with you, because I can drive right out of my office and I can drive by 10 stores that are open, open signs, nothing hidden, at all. And I can walk right into the store, throw my ID. And there's no rec card or any of that stuff. They throw your ID and it's almost like walking into a licensed store now. I want to bring up a few things before we wrap up. Just some points. Uh, it was funny. Like last year, I was supposed to get an interview and I actually almost had it signed up. And then for whatever reason, somebody in the higher ups 
in the city of Los Angeles, I actually, you know, they never got back to me about the interview, but an environmental compliance inspector was supposed to come on with me. There was one, I don't want to, I'm not saying anything about the, 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 the them. I'm just saying there was a, a question I had when I read, when I went ahead and set up an outline to go and talk about it. And I never got to talk about this, but this is so important. High Times reported back last year about cannabis-related initiatives in Los Angeles and San Diego counties. And like when I look at the taxes, the LA County voters approved, okay, was 25 retail licenses with Measure C by 59, almost 60%. But the taxes that would be put for unincorporated areas of the county, this is the kind of nickel and diming I'm talking about. Right. $10 per square foot for cultivators, 6% tax on gross retail receipts, as well as a gross receipts tax, which was 2% for testing facilities, 3% on distribution, 4% for manufacturing other marijuana business facilities. I mean, Jesus Christ, man. Yeah. Nickel and dime all over the place. Yep. And you wonder where, like, it's amazing that, you know, that you still have the fortitude to go up against where you have all these taxes in front of you to open up and the illicit market to also contend with as well. Real quickly, the last one that we have, uh, Talk to me about just, you know, what Gelato has been able to do, overcoming all that in the last year, still making money. And what is it about the product line? If you want to just focus on a couple of products that really make it, you know, make your case. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, I appreciate it. And and I love being on your, your podcast. You know, I mean, I think just to kind of summarize on, on the side of Gelato is that um, we've, we've really found a niche, as I said earlier, with people that that, that want to be a part of something and feel like they're a part of something in the cannabis where they're not, you know, losing their ass as an investor. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, as far as our products go, we've, we've, you know, we've changed the products um, dramatically uh, to really fit what people were looking to have. We have some new stuff coming out that, I mean, uh, I'm excited. Uh, I'd love to be able to say on here where we're, we should be launching uh, a few new SKUs that are really off the charts of anything in cannabis um, here in the next, well, we, we actually have a, a big event coming up at hall of flowers. Um, it's called gelato after dark. And we've, we've been known for putting on these parties and this one coming up is a full, it's one you don't want to miss. So if you're in town, don't miss it. It's up at Santa Rosa. Um, it's a full festival that we're doing. Yeah. Uh, May 3rd and 4th. Yes. It's May 3rd, which is my birthday. Ah, yeah. Good. And so the party is the night of May 3rd, as usual, after the first day of Hall of Flowers. It's a full event. Um, we've got some big artists, it's a full stage. We've got it's right across the street from Hall of Flowers. And we're working with Hall of Flowers for the event, which is the first time thing done. But anyways, on, on the SKUs, uh, we've just made everything fun. And and we've really taken um, taken everything to a top um uh, you know, uh, of whatever it is, our flower, we're blowing through flower, which we never did. Um, but we are sourcing some of the best growers in the state and, um, and we're just buying gross. And so we're dropping hundreds and hundreds of pounds a week, which we never did. And the flower is just amazing. And the biggest part as always is we're putting things out to the consumer at a super affordable price. Yeah. So you're getting, you're getting just the, these amazing products and manufactured goods and gummies, you know, all this stuff at a super affor affordable price. And, um, and just people are having fun with it. That's yeah. the biggest thing is let's, 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 uh, let's just have fun. Let other people be the the downside. Um, right. 
Fantastic. Hey, George, thanks for being on with us again. Uh, Thank you. You're on business with George Sadler, co-owner of Gelato Canna Company. And once Lathan comes back with the Days of Infuse, we'll get you back on that podcast once he gets off Perfect. my hands. I want you to if go. If you're ever keep- in town, come come down. I mean, I'd love to have you, you know, come through one of our facilities and and maybe we do a podcast here. Would love to do it. If we can make if I could get the time to get away. I mean, I can't get a time <laughs> away to go for vacation, let alone anything else. So thank you again, George. Really appreciate you taking time out. Listeners, thanks for listening to The Bump Business. We'll talk to you next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.